0: You're listening to the Sports Blog New York podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I am your host. Thank you so much as always for tuning in to the SBNY podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts app, Google Play, and now on Spotify. Joining me today, my co-host Alec Argento. What's up, dog? up? Oh, you know. Talking baseball, doing stuff. Uh, also, this podcast is on Team Left Jab Radio Network. Mm-hmm. Find them on Stitcher or Blog Talk Radio. Wherever you'd like to listen to podcasts, you can find the Team Left Jab Radio Network.
1: or the Can Sports I find B- it in the Apple Podcast app? Of course. How about Spotify?
0: I think so. Maybe not, actually. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nonetheless, Sports Blog New York Podcast, all in the places where you listen to podcasts. If you want to go to Spotify, you look up the Sports Blog New York Podcast, because that's on there. But Team Left Jab Radio Check them out on Stitcher, Block Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts, all that fun stuff. Today, me and Alec talk about baseball, the Mets, the Yankees, and a bunch of other stuff. It was very fun.
1: It was good. It was. I enjoyed it. I was hoping for you,
0: (laughs) waiting for you to say something.
1: I didn't know I was getting pointed to. Do you not want to be in the intro? I'm I'm in the bulk of the episode. It was mostly me talking.
0: Well, this is the intro, and you're also in that. Uh, (laughs) We talk about a whole lot of stuff with the Mets and their streak or what we hope to continue to be a streak, maybe their playoff chances, what they did at the deadline. And then in contrast, we have the Yankees and what maybe they didn't do at the deadline and Cashman and their rotation and what their real chances are competing with the Astros or teams like the Dodgers, Red Sox and all that fun stuff. I know it's been a quick minute since the last Sports Blog New York podcast. We had some time off. Basketball really slowed down. Let baseball ramp up. Let the deadline come. Show us what's going to be happening for the next two months. But this episode was super, super fun. My man, Alec Argento, is here with me, and I hope you enjoy.
1: Well, you're actually here with me.
0: Is you what? Yeah, Uh, true. We talk (laughs) about that. That happened. We talk about that I'm here with you (laughs) at your place, and uh, it was a good one. So everybody, if you're out there, sit back, relax, enjoy the Sports Blog New York podcast. Here we are, Sports Vlog New York Podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy, joined with my man,
1: Alec Argento. Ooh, ooh. What's up, dog? Oh, man. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. It's the first time you've been in my apartment.
0: Ever. It's day. actually ever. You could have said ever. Well, I'm I'd a bad friend. You, okay, you know, you've been living here for how long? Six months now.
1: Uh, it's my first time. <laughs> better
0: late than never. What hey, I like to say?
1: I'm just happy to be doing this, like old times. Played a little two K before we started this. Oh, yes,
0: yeah. it's good. It is good times. Um, and better late than never is not only for me visiting your apartment, but also the New York Metropolitans.
1: Am I supposed to be excited for the Mets?
0: Better late than never. They're on a little run, man. What are you going to think? We're not going to talk about the Metropolitans talk today. About the Mets, it's fine. Well, we're going to talk a lot about a lot of baseball today. Yeah, uh, uh, Yankees are obviously a uh, powerhouse in the league right now.
1: Are they anymore?
0: They are. I mean, they, they are. right. No, right now. Right now. They're on pace for over 100 wins. We will get into the uh, nooks and crannies of the Yankees' ups and downs and you know potential, of course. But you know, from the most simplistic terms, they are on pace for over 100 wins, setting them up for a playoff run, division win, Blah bah, ba ba.
1: Okay, but you're, I feel like you're glossing over the blah bah, 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 bah,
0: We're going to get to the bah, ba okay. bah, We'll bah,
1: get there. We'll get- but
0: for now, less bah, ba but we're we're going to talk about the Yankees <laughs> and the Mets, and we're going to talk about a lot of baseball stuff because it's the middle of the summer. Uh, football is technically kind of back, right? The Hall of Fame game is on, but who cares? We're not there yet. Basketball free agency madness is over, but we will, you know, discuss basketball things because that's just fun sometimes. Not on this podcast.
1: Don't don't act like the NFL game when Matt Schaub is playing. It's a <laughs> bad thing.
0: If you knew that Matt Schaub was on an NFL roster, raise your hand. Nobody just raised their hand. <laughs> not one person.
1: Corn on the Schaub, baby.
0: That's it. So a baseball podcast is here. We're going to talk about the Yankees. We're going to talk about the Mets. The lack thereof moves. That's not a good sentence that I just that I just made. But you know what they I'm saying. The lack thereof moves for the Yankees during the trade deadline is definitely apparent. We're going to touch on it. And what teams are really now the threats because the Astros obviously stand out. Will other teams actually match up with what the Yankees bring to the table? We're going to talk about all of it. And we do have to talk about the Mets because if you ask me, you know, a week ago, a week and a half ago, what we had to talk about the Mets was just talking about their misery. What are they doing? Like, Why are they acquiring a, a pitcher to uh, theoretically help them win now? It doesn't make sense. But now they won seven in a row. They're two games under 500 4 four games-ish uh, back from the wild card. And there is a conversation to be had is do they have too much of an optimist view? Is there something to hang their hat on? And what really should have been their moves? And were they right? So all that is going to be discussed, but it, it is more right to talk about the Yankees first. So this conversation we've had so many times about Brian Cashman, about the Yankees, about what they do and how they do it, but yet every year we seem to reach a point where there is a big portion of Yankee fans who are just not happy, who don't think the GM and the executive team are doing enough to put this team in contention, yet they are on pace for 100 wins. And it's this balancing act for rational Yankee fans to say, I really wanted them to do more. But I do also have to be appreciative of what they have. So Alec, I'll give you the floor for a moment. The past couple weeks, the trade deadline, the Yankees. What goes through your head when you think about this team right now?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I just, you know, before this this trade deadline, you got to think that they were the favorite to win to win the World Series because the National League is just so weak. But if you're gonna have the Astros make this push and at every championship team I can't think of a championship team uh, that just didn't make a large-scale trade deadline move you, you look at the teams that have won in the past you look at the Red Sox who you know you can't be a- afraid to pro uh, to, to give up your top prospects you can't you have to stop prospect hu- hugging after a while if you want to contend I mean you you're not gonna get a Chris Sale or a Justin Verlander for nothing and if if you have people like Clint Frazier who will never sniff this roster with the people in front of him, you need to get rid of them. You need to not be afraid to get rid of the Estevan Floreals of the world uh, or the Clint Fraziers or even the Devi Garcia. So, uh, you know, I think, I think Cashman's really afraid to lose a trade, which, you know, he hasn't really done. But he also has not built a, a rotation in – 15 years. I mean, yeah, you need to be able to make a push there.
0: So, yeah, when, uh, that's really good what you just said. Um,
1: I know that's why I said it.
0: <laughs> his strength almost has become what is stabbing him in the back, right? So, he's been hubris, he's been so good at making just absolute winning Yankee trades. You know, and, and not making deals that are over the top, other than, you know, if you want to pick out the Ellsbury thing or whatever. 95% of what he does has been a winning method, right? But it's not about what he's done in some points. It's now about what he's not doing, right? So you look at the Astros and they've now thrown another load for another pitcher, and the Yankees sit tight, right? So it, it's almost becoming to the point where it's not about what Cashman has done or what he's doing, it's just about what he hasn't done. Is that fair? Like, does that make sense?
1: Yeah, and, and maybe in fairness, you could say, okay, he's tried to make these moves over the past couple of years. And you look at the Sunny Grays of the world and the, 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 um, the James Paxton, Paxton's of the world. But ultimately, for whatever reason, too, maybe this is just a larger question. Why does every pitcher that comes here underperform? Why yeah. is that an issue?
0: That is a thing. Because, you know. I mean, Paxton Hap, Gray— those are those three names those in the last the year and but a half. You, but
1: you look at people that that they could have gotten this year for just money, right? And and they they made it seem that they couldn't make these moves because uh, because for free agency because they were going to make trades at the deadline. You could have had Patrick Corbin. You could have had Dallas Keuchel for nothing for just money, and then you, you and you could have had Keuchel into the season. Not yeah, Not even like just offseason. And 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 we were told they weren't going to make those moves because we were going to wait for the deadline. And. Keiko wasn't the greatest to start off, but he's been really solid the past couple couple games. But you know, I mean, granted, it's the NL and the NL is a lot weaker this year. But you have to be able to make these moves. You can't. You have the core. You don't need these prospects right now. You need people that are going to help you win now. There is an obvious need for a starting pitcher, and there has been for a lot of years. And I know he's tried to address it, but kind of like in a half-ass way. James Paxton for Justice Sheffield, like maybe it works out, but maybe it doesn't. You know, you need to you need to go and grab. Why do the Astros uh, are the Astros so free to go get Verlander, go get Garrett Cole and go get Zach Greinke? Their top three starters have all been deadline acquisitions. Well, I, I guess Garrett Cole was an offseason acquisition, but these have all been trades.
0: A similar concept for Cole, you know? Uh,
1: you know, it's quality starting pitching is such a crapshoot, and especially when they're young, you can't like uh, Granted, Devi Garcia might be great, but he's not going to be great this year, and he's probably not going to be great next year. Right? You you know, and I'm not saying Zach Greinke because we knew that Zach Greinke was never going to come to this team. He doesn't want to be a Yankee. He has a no trade clause. He we've we've gone down that road before in the past. He's been the target of trade de- deadlines in the past, and he just doesn't want to come here. And I get that, and I don't really want him here because I don't think he's he's got the mental capability to to pitch in the postseason in New right. York. But you know, you need to be able to, to go get those guys. Why couldn't we get the Corbins? And and granted, Brian Cashman likes to do these things where we think he's crazy sometimes. Why didn't he go get Bryce Harper or Manny Machado? And then you get D.J. LeMay, who's, who's leaps and bounds better than, than the other guys.
0: Than both of so, them. Yeah, no, I want to go off what you said earlier because I don't want to forget. Uh, you mentioned how you reached the point... Where you can't just hunt for prospects because you are in a win now mode. Like that's what you were starting to say before, and it reminds me of basketball. And obviously, I love to talk basketball, so it's an easy way to an- al- analogize, analyze, sure, and anag- sure, anal- you know. Just to...
1: just move on with your topic.
0: <laughs> you look, you look at, you look at Daryl Morey of the Rockets, right? He gets a lot of praise from the, the basketball nerds out there and, and and talking heads. There are some people who push back, right? Because he hasn't won and this and that. But the one thing you cannot take away from Daryl Morey is he looks at his team. And says, I have James Harden. I am going to try to win why I have him. And I'm going to probably risk our future for it because we have this window that is open. You can argue how big the window is open, but it's there. Uh, So I'm going to do whatever I can, probably risk the future to put a winner on the court right now. And Brian Cashman is like, I have a winner right now. My window is open. I have opportunity to make the window more open, but I'm just going to keep it here because I want to be good in three years. It, it it comes to the point where, like draft picks in the NBA, and NFL, you can accrue all the draft picks you want, and you can trade away your talent for draft picks. Until those draft picks become players, it means nothing. It's all hypothetical. So all these prospects for the Yankees are all hypothetical. For as good as you think someone could be, they can never pan out. For as good as someone could be, they can get hurt. These prospects are all great in theory, but until they start performing on the field, it means nothing. And like you said, Clint Frazier is a perfect example. He's a guy who can hit. He can hit on the MLB level. Absolutely. He can play play on
1: like 23 different teams right now.
0: Absolutely. But he's not helping this team. So why is he here? Why are you trying so hard to hold on to some of these guys who aren't going to help you reach your ultimate goal if it's his ultimate goal, which the way he talks, it clearly is. This guy's a winner and wants to win. He doesn't lose, right? That's That's his M.O. But he's not showing it with his actions when it comes down to the nitty-gritty.
1: But it's just Cashman very clearly doesn't want to overpay for anything. But if you're ever going to overpay, this is the time to do it. You, if, you, if you can identify talent. And, and you know, I, I didn't – I was, I guess I'm, I was beggars being choosy for a while. I didn't want the, the 3 starter. Beggars
0: being choosy? You
1: know what I mean. <laughs> I, I didn't want, like, that three-starter. I, I, you know, I was like, oh, I didn't want Madison Bumgarner. He's not an ace anymore. You need the top of the rotation. But I knew I was getting something. I got nothing. Now you want
0: Baumgartner. Now you're like, I, why are we not having Bumgarner? And, and like, you. Look, I mean, granted, that's the Giants thing that happened with them. They started playing better. Sure, but
1: but you know what I mean. And, and it's like uh, people are saying, okay, well at least add bullpen strength. We don't not we don't we do not need bullpen help. The reason our bullpen is not performing recently is because they're incredibly taxed because our starting picture, pitching has been so atrocious. We, we and and injuries, of course. Sure. Exactly. And, and you know when when starters don't go five innings or more into the game, your bullpen is going to be really taxed. And you're going to have to put the, the Nestor Cortezes out there more often than not, who could be more effective if he wasn't seen as often as he is. But then the tape comes out. And then you have injuries like David. H- and that's another thing that's happening right now. The you know, Yankees uh, are getting hit with the injury bug again. Yeah. You, uh, just you, when you thought it was over. <laughs> and you just got kind of can't. I mean, Giancarlo J- 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 Stanton, has twelve at bats this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: It's insane.
1: Luke Voigt is gonna has a sports hernia, and like you, you think, okay, maybe it's four to six weeks, but who knows? Who you know, four to six weeks does not put you in in game shape for the playoffs. I I would say because then you have to rehab it. You know, like that's that's the injury, and then you have to rehab it. And and okay, people are saying too that. We we don't have to make moves because we have Severino and Batanzas coming back, and that's an off season ac- trade deadline acquisition in and of itself, and that's bull too because you have no idea what they're going to be. Severino, uh, from what I'm being told, I'm being told what I'm reading uh, is that <laughs> I don't have sauces, um, but what I, what I'm reading is that he at best is going to be like a, a long. He's going to have like a 75 pitch count, most likely coming out of the bullpen, and, and I know he's been effective in that role, but. That doesn't help us in the long term. Who's our starters in the playoffs right now? I mean, wildcard game. Who is it, Tanaka? I mean, Tanaka makes sense because he's the most. He's if if you go and not the, that you're going to be in the wild card game, obviously. Sure, but, but you go through you go through the rotation right now, and, and Tanaka. I'm not really worried about most of his bloated ERA has come from the two Red Sox games, so I'm not really too worried about that at all. <coughs> Excuse me. And Tanaka's proven time and time again to be a big-time playoff pitcher. Not worried about that. Paxton, Hap and Paxton have been so bad this year. They have been so egregiously bad. And and I don't care that Hap had a good start recently. These Paxton should be... uh, an ace on this team he was an ace in 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 seattle and the the only worry him coming here was his injuries and he's had one short little injury stint and other than that he's just been trash (laughs) and then you have domingo herman who okay domingo herman has been really good for the most part this year but he's gonna get exhausted he's he's hitting his innings limit the the, the most innings he's ever played in his uh, pitches in his uh, in his entire career it's coming up already i believe i think he already hit it and then he's about
0: he's at 100 almost 97 and then then,
1: like cc Zabathy is great for what he is and like his Injury is kind of fake, like it's just one of those scheduled IL stints that they have for for his knee help. But I don't trust CC in the playoffs anymore. And you know, I looked at—I I was trying to find out a, a time recently where the, the the championship winner didn't make any deadline deals. And the last time I, I, at least, I noticed it was actually the Yankees in 2009. Which it's a different game, but the pitching staff back then was a lot a lot different too. And and, and you know, they, they had to go through to a three man rotation. Uh, which you don't want in the playoffs. You want to mm. have options. You know, yeah. you, you had CC and you had CC in his prime. So at least you had CC in his prime, who you knew was a bona fide ace. He was, I think he was AL. He was he was he was some kind of. Uh, he was a really high performance player in 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 the playoffs that year. You don't have that this year. You just right. don't.
0: And you know, you even think about, you know, back to a basketball analogy. Sports are copycat leagues, right? Kawhi Leonard, the Raptors will never, ever, ever in a million years regret. Trading for Kawhi Leonard, obviously, got him a championship. The Cubs traded away, correct me if I'm wrong, Glaber Torres, to yeah. the Yankees, for all the Chapman. For three and then World Chapman Academy. signed with the Yankees that offseason. But do they give a rat's ass? No, like, absolutely not. They won a championship, and they did what they needed to do to get over that hump and continuously now with cashman they aren't really doing much to get up get themselves even higher across that hump and if the astros weren't the astros right now like if they weren't just a powerhouse with a stacked lineup and now a couple aces maybe you would be like okay this is fine we don't need to mortgage a future for this but there is a absolute juggernaut in the south right now in houston and they just get better and better and healthier and healthier and the yankees are like yeah we'll be fine as long as Batantis comes back like how do you count on that when there's just been guys hurt all year long?
1: And, I, I yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know that there's any way of combating. It. And that's why I, I, people are obviously puzzled by the Mets and, and, and the Reds for doing this. But, you know, this is what you should be doing. This is like the Yankees' mentality that every year should be our year, that we should always put in the effort to try to win a championship this Except
0: year. Except they, the, they have the means to actually say that and it have value. Like when the Yankees say, you know, this is our year, it actually means something when the Mets say we're buying right now. You're you're like,
1: wait, why? Yeah, but you know what? The, Met, know? the Mets are like screwed if they do, screwed if they don't. I mean, you, you, you know, if they're sellers at the deadline, they're going to get uh, you know just destroyed, and if they're buyers at the deadline, they're going to get destroyed. So I I give them actually a lot of credit. For, they got Stroman for nothing. Uh, they got them controllable yeah. for next year. Uh, and now you have a pitching staff who has been the best in baseball since they hired an 80-year-old to be their, their <laughs> pitching coach. <laughs> well, that's, that is funny. We are
0: going to get to the Mets, but I need to stand the Yankees. So sorry, sorry, sorry. No, it's fine. It's fine. It, I mean, it's all good. All in the flow of conversation. Because actually, this is two different teams in two very different situations. It's like them, I'm in a Bizarro World. Handle ha, they're handling them on opposite sides of the spectrum. Where the where the Mets are like, we got this. Come together. Let's go. Home crowd. Like Pete Alonso's making this big post. You know, we're playing better. Get on our side. Whatever. And the Yankees are like, yeah, you know, we'll be fine. 100 wins. You know, chilling. But with that, I need to also bring up the point that <laughs> you guys are a 100 win team. The Yankees are on pace for over 100 wins. Yeah,
1: and they're gonna win their division. And but- they're gonna
0: win the division. And they do have a Tanaka. They do have some absolute absolute stud arms out of the pen. Like where is your your confidence meter in regards to hopes for when you do say face the Astros or face the Red Sox you in the know, playoffs? You know I'm not like, a
1: panic button guy, but I'm I'm like smashing the panic so, button. Right
0: but now. like do you have the right and if so, you know, prove it. Say why. You have the right to smash a panic button when your team is this good. When you have this many players performing at a high level, with all these injuries and ups and downs, yeah, you're when still they winning when all these baseball games. When they can hit
1: Justin Verlander, Garrett Cole, or Zach Greinke, I, mean, I just watched them uh, uh, face Zach Greinke. And if they, if Zach Greinke didn't just for some reason, Mike Talkman can just hit every. Best pitcher in baseball. Uh, <laughs> if it wasn't for that, and they would have lost that game. Well, actually, he's been really good. That was that was a Cashman steal. Uh, Cashman's great at offensive uh, players. He, he's, he's is good it just, players. Does it
0: just come down to like his numbers don't work on the pitchers? Like, what I, is it? I is personally it's think, strange. I
1: think it's Larry Rothschild. I think he's such a horrible pitching Oof, coach. And, and So weird. To but like, and like, and like, it's hard to even say that though because the bullpen has been so good since he's. Uh, for uh, as long as I can remember, the, yeah. the Yankees always had a great bullpen. I know that we've like in recent years come down as like this historic bullpen, but we've always been really good at bullpen. Absolutely. But, but when was the last time the Yankees had a great starting rotation in the nineties? Uh, I don't know. Man. I don't know. <laughs> it was Andy Pettit and let, Roger Clemens. Like, let, let me
0: let me put something towards you and and respond. All right, I am a Mets fan, which is true, but I'm going to play a character right now. I am a, I'm a measly Mets fan who is happy about my seven game win streak but also looking across town and saying, like, screw you guys, okay? So this is what I'm going to say to you. You guys are awesome. You have a chance to win the World Series, whether you think it or not. Your team is stacked, getting healthier offensively, and just kind of hitting their stride offensively, if we're being honest. Why are you freaking out? You guys have no right. You're that good. There's actual teams out there who suck, like us, And we make bad decisions all the time. We don't even have the chance to make game-changing decisions to put us in place to win a World Series. You guys are there. You have no right to complain.
1: But I totally have a right to complain because if you look at what the Yankees have done in the past two, three weeks of playing baseball, they haven't been good. They've been mediocre at best. Um, They they won two games against the Rockies at home. Then they got... Destroyed in Boston, uh, and then they split a series against the the Diamondbacks, and the starting pitching is giving up a ton of runs. and And baseball is kind of like how in football, you know, your cornerbacks get better when there's more pressure on the uh, from from the defensive line. Your bullpen gets better when you're when you're starting pitching is better, and and it's hard for your cornerback to look good if there's no if there's no front line. Um, it's really hard for your bullpen to look good consistently throughout the year if if they're eating up six innings a game. You know that's that's tough to do. Yeah, six is
0: almost generous sometimes.
1: You yeah. know, like CC is four innings basically. If he goes five, it's a win. Oh no, when he goes five, when Boone puts him out there for some reason, he always gets shellacked. Yeah, and like that, and, and Boone. And, uh, it's I was so, yeah. I was so big on him this year, but he's he's re- reverting back to his ways. He put Tanaka out there the other day for no reason when he was getting shelled uh, in the inning before. Somehow he he avoided, it. and then you had to know they ended up winning the game it was against the Diamondbacks. But like you had to know that he was not going to get through that next inning. Anybody with a pair of eyeballs could tell you that. And then he just puts him out there for some reason.
0: It it's strange, and I wanted to get to Boone. Because there is a very simplistic, like, paint with a broad brush approach to this of saying there's been, what, now, 40 different times, 40 different IL trips or something like ridiculous like that. There, the amount of IL trips for Yankees players this year is off the charts, and yet you're still on, on this great pace. That, in a very simplistic view, should tell you that Aaron Boone's doing a great job. But when you are at that high level, when you are the Yankees, when you are the Patriots, when you are the Warriors— like you, not that the Yankees have won as many championships, but you know what I mean. Yankees
1: are the Boston Celtics; they're the same exact franchise. Uh,
0: you know what they really are right now? They have a great history of haven't championships won since oh nine, what they respectively. but they've been making playoff runs year after year after year, and they're in the playoffs every year. It's very they haven't won anything
1: of, in the past eleven since
0: 09 That's a really good analogy, I and they have uh, two. You know, Brian Cashman, Danny Ainge. They don't lose a trade; don't trade with them because they always somehow come out on top. That's actually a really good comparison. Uh, I forget where I was going now
1: it's just make good points. That
0: was there. a really good point, though. It was really good. Uh, it's it is it's just very strange. I mean, with Aaron Judge, uh, Aaron Boone is what I was, I was talking about. Like you guys have had all these freaking injuries, and you're still on this pace. And yet, when you are, right, this is what I was saying. When you were that high level of a franchise, it's not about just being a top seed. And when playoffs come around, it's about making it to the finals. It's about making it to the World Series. It's about not. Coming up short when you need a great starting pitching performance. Because, like, it's about winning at all.
1: Something you and I always talk about is like, you know, when you're a young team and you're trying to grow, you want to see progress every year, right? But once the Yankees, for the past three years, we're world series contenders and something's not going on there so you need to fix something they were a game away from the world series 2 years ago uh, they had you know unfortunately the red Sox just had a crazy historic year last year but they, the yankees were a 100 win team last year and and then this year and, and, and like i understand you tried to 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 make it better with Paxton and Gray but it didn't work so keep trying you don't need to prospect hug there's so you have a, you you can overpay with something and none of us will get mad at you like that's that's what i feel i feel like have that luxury, absolutely. No, nobody will. You've you've given us players like Gio Urshela, Didi D Gregorius, you know, Glaber Torres. Uh, Mike Talkman, whoever you want to name. But you haven't fixed the starting rotation. Just fix it. And and, and there's ways to do it. And there's always been opportunities. Why didn't we get Patrick Corbin? It makes absolutely no sense. He wanted to be here because you didn't want to give him six years. But you have a young, controllable arm. Do it. That's who you give that money to. It's like if you're not going to give it to him, who are you going to give it to? Right. It's
0: like he is just so confident in his lower end moves that he doesn't even care about the high end moves and there's no risk there's no big swings being taken his team is all about home runner strikeout but it doesn't seem like he is (laughs)
1: It's just, it's really, it's really, really frustrating, and, and it just seems like everyone we get. And I guarantee you, James Paxton will go somewhere else afterwards. Sunny, if you look at that Reds rotation right now, it's unreal. And part of it is Sunny Gray. Sunny Gray's been fantastic this entire yeah. year. And now they have Trevor Bauer for some reason nobody understands. Yeah. But like that, that they have Luis Castillo. Like, and and you want you want to. This is why I actually I, I bring it back to the Mets again. I give them credit because they understand that. Why am I selling? What's the point here? To to get prospects that might be good three years from now? No, you, you, you should try to win every year and that's what they're doing and they made a smart move there. Their pitching has been fantastic work on that you 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 I don't understand why people are, are so puzzled by the Mets doing that I think it's smart that they should be doing that. the Reds, maybe not but because
0: well, realistically if you're the Mets and you're going to trade Noah Syndergaard and Zach Wheeler and, and Edwin Diaz right why do we
1: have to no I'm,
0: I'm saying if I'm saying like th- if this is your train of thought like if this is the way you look at what the Mets should do if you believe they should sell 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 then they should sell everybody who's like over the like on top of the hill or over but the hill, right? What do you
1: right? realistically think you're going to get for these people? That's
0: a great example. But so, if you're going to trade Syndergaard, trade Wheeler, and trade Diaz, and now something that you as a Mets fan thought was a positive idea, why shouldn't you then also trade Mats, trade Degrom, trade everybody, right? Because if you're going to trade it's if you trade these guys and say, but no, we're going to hold on to Degrom because he's the face of the franchise, then you're just wasting him. Then you are just sending him out there exactly. to pitch his ass off for 100%. a losing team. So. In that regard, if you're just going to say sell, 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 you have to sell it all. You have to sell your whole house and move into a freaking condo. You know, you don't keep DeGrom and send him out there for 200 innings every year to play for a horrible team. So if you, if you do trade Syndergaard and trade Wheeler and trade Diaz, then you should trade everybody.
1: But I, I, I agree. you And which, you should. like I'm not saying you should, well, but I'm saying yeah, yeah.
0: if that's how you feel, you should feel about it across the board. I, I there also, shouldn't be an in-between. That's, that's purgatory. That's exactly, where it sucks the it, most.
1: Exactly. And that's what it's mediocrity, and that's what the Mets have been for a very long time. And, and I've given credit to Brody this, ever since he, since he came into this franchise. He just seems to be running things differently. And and you assume the assumption is that they will not re-sign Wheeler, that they will not re-sign Syndergaard. I don't understand why we're making that assumption anymore. Brody seems to be doing things very, very differently. So if that's the case, the the Mets are setting themselves up for long-term success now. You have a year next year where you'll have... Four pretty good pitchers probably. You'll have you'll have Degrom, Stroman, Syndergaard, and Wheeler probably, and that's a really good rotation that sets you up. And now you have a full uh, you know a year extra of people like Pete Alonso and Jeff McNeil, and and Conforto has been looking good this year. Uh, and then you have Wilson Ramos. Who you know you actually have a catcher this year. The Mets have set themselves up for a lot of success in the future, and you can't hate on that. And also and that's coming from a Mets hater. I hate the Mets, but and,
0: and closers have these w- this way of uh, really. Having the most ebbs and flows in their in their careers, even in their seasons, right? Like a closer can look like Edwin Diaz did last year, unhittable, awesome, fantastic, and then the next year his arm's just not right. It's a little, you know, it's a little tired. Who knows what goes wrong with closers? But that's clo- why it's
1: crazy. We people like Mariano Rivera ever existed.
0: He, he's an anomaly, an absolute anomaly. But a guy like Edwin Diaz, for you to sit here and think that he's not going to be awesome again at some point. I think is is out of line. Like, but he in had, fairness, M. W. Diaz moments. had
1: one really good season, and the rest of it was kind of mediocrity. Fair, but
0: he's he's pretty young, is he? I think I'm, he's older. I'm pretty sure he's like in his mid mid twenties. I
1: thought he was like thirty two or something like that. I
0: don't believe so. Well, we may fact check that. We may not. May if forget.
1: I, if I do and I'm wrong, I'm not going to admit it. <laughs> well, then I'll just look it up and tell him <laughs> that you're
0: wrong. <laughs> So, you know, from the Mets perspective, and that's a fine transition, well, we're going to hop back and forth between the two franchises because it is actually they're interesting. They're both
1: applicable right now, you know?
0: It is. They're, it's interesting because they're in these different points and handling them so differently. But talking about Brody Van Wagenen.
1: <laughs> he's a year younger than me.
0: He's 25, right? Yeah, he's 25. Yeah, I thought he was pretty young. <laughs> you admitted it. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Um, if you think about Brody Van Wagenen, he came in hot, right? He made some moves that Mets fans got behind early and said, you know, maybe this guy is doing something different. He's the Wilpon whisperer. He's going to loosen their pockets up a little bit. But then he had some weird moments. He said some weird but things. But he did
1: loosen up their pockets. He, oh, he, They absolutely. took a Robinson Cano. And
0: then he threw a chair. Like that happened, right? Didn't he throw a chair? <laughs> something and, like that. Yeah, and it got a little weird. But the overall gist of what he is trying to bring to the Mets organization is to not act like they're in tampa and not act like they're in some small market they're in new york they are a new york franchise and it's almost like the yankees even though their pay grade you know rests at a higher point than most they keep that point like they are a small market franchise sometimes
1: oh wait hold on side note just just because you bring up this fact that the yankees have an ira we've been told for years to get under the luxury tax and then when we finally do We've been had under the luxury tax for like a year and a half now, no, with nothing under there.
0: Oh yeah, no, you guys aren't super. What are you like the seventh, eighth?
1: Yeah, n- it, I, I, it just it just reminded me, and it's just it's just preposterous that we still have to play. We we are. It's been a role reverse. Like the Mets are spending money, and the Yankees are penny pinching. What the hell is this?
0: <laughs> well, the Mets
1: aren't spending tons of money. They kind of are. I mean, they they kind of are. If they if they sign Syndergaard. Then, then they they'll be spending. I mean, money. and Stroman's in arbitration years, so Stroman's probably getting paid twenty three million dollars a year in and, of his, in and of himself.
0: Yeah, the Yankees have the third highest payroll, but it is, oh, it's well below know, the Red Sox. It's forty million below the Red Sox and the 30, Dodgers, and right? Thirty million below the Cubs. Oh, the Cubs. Okay. And then the Dodgers, I assume, are right behind. My page is loading. The well, Dodgers.
1: Dodgers shed oh, salary past
0: couple of years. Oh wait, no, those numbers were wrong. I don't know what happened there. Anyways. The Yankees are are like 10 million below. They're right below the Cubs. Then the Dodgers are are not far behind. Also, crazy
1: to see what what it's like when the Red Sox don't have players like Steve Pierce and Mitch Moreland and Nathan Avaldi overperforming like crazy. J.D. Martinez and Mookie Betts. When they're a normal team, when they just don't have, like, they're just a normal team. There's nothing special about that team whatsoever. The Red Sox. Yeah. Sorry. Well, Throw no, that out there.
0: Let's let's talk about let's stay on the Mets for a hot second here. So they are now too
1: much time on the Mets. No, not <laughs> enough.
0: Not yeah, not yet. Because no, because this is actually a uh, hypothetical thing we could talk about that's gonna play out like right away, right? So we're not sure what's gonna play out with the Yankees because realistically, if the Yankees continue to do what they're doing, they're gonna win division. They're on pace for it. It's gonna be great. You can't really judge the Yankee season until it's over. If Tanaka becomes an ace, if Paxton shows out in the playoffs, what he did this year doesn't matter, right? So for the Yankees predicting what's going to happen, it almost doesn't even matter till you get to the playoffs.
1: Well, sure. There's this kind of there's this kind of in-between in my head right now, this tug-of-war, and the fact that I want to give Brian Cashman the, the benefit of the doubt because of non-moves like Manny Machado and Bryce Harper and right. all the good trades he's in. But at the same time, where we've always had the issue is our rotation. So it's like right like, this weird tug-of-war in my head.
0: So... Come playoff time, you can really judge the Yankees. Some, some judge the Yankees. Hey. Some franchises get judged in the playoffs. Franchises like the Mets, they they get judged if they're gonna make it or not. And they're at this point now where they're, you know, let's see. Nationals, Phillies, Diamondbacks, Giants, and Brewers are all ahead of them in some order in the wild card race, but they're like four games out of the wild card. Is this tangible? Is this a flash in the pan? Are the Mets a better team? Than they were in June. like uh, They're definitely a better team than they were in June. Let me rephrase that. I
1: mean, having Marcus Stroman, who was at like a 280 RA this year, he's, makes you better.
0: He's been fantastic. So do, do they have a realistic chance? Do they have what it takes to continuously play, you know, 600 percent winning not 600 but you know what I mean 60 percent winning percentage yeah like, I, I
1: think the Mets have a good team I, I said that the entire year and and, and I think Pete Alonzo tweeted about it the other day yeah. they have a ton of home games they have a ton of home games left over so a lot of those losses come from being on the road and that's just natural any team loses on the road that's just how it works to an extent um but they are just they are simply a better team now they're you know if you want to say that their pitching staff, maybe their pitching staff was just underperforming. Now they're regressing towards the mean, right? So, maybe, right, the Grom
0: actually was you know almost an average, but he was just yeah, a slightly he's, above he's a
1: average. he got a 260 RA again, right?
0: He was slightly above average for a little bit, which is bad for him. Yeah, and now he's back to DeGrom ways,
1: exactly. And, and like that, that maybe like maybe it isn't the, the pitching coach, maybe it's just the fact that th- you know, like that's like the I don't know what the pitcher's equivalent of a BABIP is. Um, yeah, I know, you, yeah. yeah, so like but right, maybe they were just underperforming, maybe they're overperforming now. Everything. He's just evening out. And if that's the case, though, but regardless, you have a pretty good offense on that team and a fantastic pitching staff. Where your problem is, and has always been, is your bullpen. Yes. And and what
0: you said before about the Yankees, how much the starting pitchers can help the bullpen, is extraordinarily true for the Mets. Uh, And they also just brought in two different names, Justin Wilson... And Luis
1: Avalon? I don't know Luis Avalon. Is that how you say his name? Fun fact about Justin Wilson. Justin Wilson was on the Yankees. We traded him for two people on the Mets farm system, um, Chad Green and Luis Sessa. How about that? Yeah. How about that? That's what we got for those.
0: Um, So the Mets actually have a couple more arms now because if you've watched the Mets this year, you've seen a whole lot of Seth Lugo, a whole lot of Robert Gassellman. And you do kind of reach the point where it's like, you know they can't pitch every game. Like the same relievers cannot pitch in every single game. Now with another starter like Marcus Stroman in the rotation, every single inning that they take away from having to use the bullpen is a huge plus. Because I think Mets fans like Lugo and think he can be good, like Asselman think he can be good, like think Edwin Diaz has something to offer. But with their workload and when they are put in the game so early or so often or used every day. Like, it's not going to end well more often than not. So this extra starting pitcher can, in theory, really help out the bullpen, which has been by far their biggest weakness and not even freaking close. I mean, they have like and 20 blown and saves. And especially
1: the because, they, I mean, like you said with Lugo and Gasalman I mean, the Mets bullpen has the talent. I mean, it, it's, it's undeniable that you have people like Jaris Familia and Edwin Diaz. Jaris and, Familia with
0: his 7 ERA.
1: But, but <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying is that, does that seem right? It just that seems like an error, and because he has the talent to be good, uh, you need to be able to figure out what's going on there, identify the issue, and if it's it's because there's too much strain on them, then sure. Um, I, and, and I'm not saying that you know I'm not giving excuses for them because they haven't been great this year, but if you point to their history, they have historically had really good stuff. So identify the problem and figure it out.
0: Thinking about the Nationals and the Phillies because the Brewers are in there, the Giants are in there, and the Diamondbacks are in there, right? But what is going to really make or break the Mets season is how they perform against these. Yeah, other they have a lot of games East, against them. NL East teams. When you think about the Phillies and the Nash and, and the Braves to some extent, uh, how do the Mets stack up there?
1: I think the Phillies are an overrated team. I mean, their rotation outside of Arietta, who Arietta started so the year so horribly, and has been so did Nola. Spoiled. I'm sorry. No, that's what I meant to say. Nola Arietta's is yeah. still bad. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> I meant I to didn't say. Think he I meant to around. say Nola. Um is still bad. Their rotation has not been good, and you know their offense has been fine. Uh, you know the, the they're performing. They're not overperforming. They're not underperforming. They're just not as good as everyone thought they were going to be, and uh, the Braves. Uh, before the deadline, I would have said they were overperforming, but they made a lot of good moves, um, lo- shored up a lot of spots that they had weaknesses, which, which you know ultimately makes them a legitimate contender now. Contender for the World Series? No, because I don't think anything coming out of the National League is going to win. The American League is just too stacked at the moment, mm. um, even the Dodgers. Yeah, but if you go, let's go, let's go through the people that are ahead of the Mets right now. So yeah, I just named all the teams. So well, you said I'll the name, Diamondbacks I'll, too, right? So, so I'll, let, yeah,
0: I'll name them in order for yeah. you. So the. The Nationals and the Phillies are actually tied for the wildcard lead right now. Um, Oh, no, that's changed since we first started talking. Some games must have ended. Well, the Nationals and Phillies do have the same record. Um, It really depends. Yeah, so one of them... It's a little confusing right now because the Cardinals and Cubs have the same record, the Nationals and the Phillies have the same record, so that kind of mucks up who would be in the wild card spots and who would win the division. So
1: just assume instead of the two of them, just name one of them for each. Okay,
0: so let's say let's say the the Cardinals and the Nationals, Phillies, Brewers, Giants, Diamondbacks in that
1: order. So I I don't think the Giants are a good team. I think the Mets are just a better team than them overall. I know that they've gotten a little hot right now, but I don't think that's going to last. And then you have the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks just sold off their best pitcher. So they're, right. they're, they're not going to be in a place where they're going to be competing this year. They're just not. And I don't think they even care. They, they just don't seem like a team that really cares. For some reason, they beat the Yankees. But <laughs> <laughs> other than that, I, I don't really see it. The Brewers, that's a toss-up. Because I don't think the Brewers are that good. I mean, they obviously have Christian Yelich, who's fantastic. But... but it's baseball. It's not basketball. You know, right. one player can't carry you to the promised land. If it could, Mike Trout would have 15 yeah, World Series. Exactly. By now. Who else is in there? The the Nats. I mean, that's that's up to the Mets. If the, the Mets can do that on their own, they they can they can beat the Nats. Get get it in front of them. That, that they have plenty of games left and plenty of home games. And if that's you know, I'm gonna give the Mets an advantage there because they play a lot of those games at home. So um so yeah, I, I could see them flip flopping them. And then who else is it? The Cardinals.
0: The f- yeah. The Car- Car- Cardinals, Cardinals or the Cubs. I think Cardinals, the Cubs, the, Cardinals or Cubs, depends yeah. how you look at it.
1: I think that I think the Cardinals uh the Cardinals are a good team. Yeah. Uh the Cubs are not. Well, you got uh, at this you point know, if the you're thing, the though, Mets. The, the NL Central though isn't even <laughs> I'm saying they're good but they can't even beat them, each other. You know? That's what I'm saying. They're like six games over If you think about
0: the the NL Central, the Cardinals, Cubs, and Brewers are just going to beat up on each other, which could, in theory, help. and and It could either help or hurt them. It could hurt, help them if uh, you know the Brewers end up slipping and the Mets can slip above them. But if all those teams play well and just kind of beat up each other, it sounds like they can have three playoff teams at the end of the well, year. Well, it's,
1: it's going gonna, it's gonna to benefit them because... If they go even, like if they also let's just hypothetically say that they go around splitting it, right, right. The, the, each other, then that allows the Mets to pick up pace, right, and then the Mets control their own destiny in that respect. If one of those teams just starts destroy, destroying the other two, then that's great; they win the division and then they knock the other two out of contention. So it actually is is really advantageous to the Mets. All
0: right. So it's it's not impossible. It's really not impossible for the Mets, but gotta, it's not believe. Yeah, it's gotta believe. Yeah, just nineteen seventy three. Gotta believe. The um, I guess it's Fangraphs does their playoff expectation percentage thing that nah, it's is ro- it's rolling it's bull it's rolling but I heard this on the radio earlier today they were at before the seven game win streak three percent playoff percent chance they're up to nineteen percent playoff chance um, take that for what it's worth uh, it's a bunch of numbers thrown together and it, it spits out a percentage but twenty percent chance is not terrible. And they are now legitimately in the running. And if they can get to that five hundred mark, it takes another seven game win streak to really be, like truly, truly in that race.
1: And I'll tell you, I mean, listen, I don't, I don't expect the Mets to win anything like this year. You know, win, win the World Series by any stretch, but. That's a team that could do well in the playoffs if you have that rotation. That's a good. That's a really good playoff rotation, especially in the National League, that is in a very very down year. Right. Outside of the Dodgers, and like you have to assume because the rest of the National League kind of sucks, that the Dodgers' record is very inflated because right. they're beating up on teams like the Padres who stink. The uh, the, the uh, who else is in that division? The Giants who aren't very good. Um, the Diamondbacks in that division? Diamondbacks. Are Diamondbacks division. are not very good. They're all just they're beating up on mediocre, mediocre the Rockies. teams. In yeah. Rockies are another one. They're they're very mediocre, borderline bad. The weird, the the whole
0: weird thing about thinking about the Mets in this conversation is that a week ago, they were the Rockies. A week ago, they were the Padres.
1: Now we're talking we about that. Week they didn't have Marcus Stroman. Like that's, the, at the but end of, he like, hasn't pitched yet. But but it doesn't <laughs> matter. I mean, like that that that, that can jolt. That could be a shot in the arm for the team too. Yeah. You know how you know how good that must be, be in that clubhouse right now that they didn't get rid of anybody that was important and they grabbed someone and said, hey, we have faith in these in this team. And like that's another thing I think about the Yankees just to bounce just to ping pong back and forth. You know, maybe the Yankees take that as motivation. Like, hey, we don't we think that we're good enough with the players we have in here. Maybe that gives them a shot in the ass to. to to actually perform better right so that that could be good for both for both sides that with how it went just in terms of clubhouse motivation yankees clearly are a type of team that thrives off of clubhouse uh, culture and motivation right that's what's happened this yeah. entire this entire year so if, if brian cashman and the brass upstairs says hey you know we believe in you we're not going to get rid of any of you. We think we have what it takes to, to win. Maybe like, yeah, you know what? Screw, uh, screw this. We do have what it's going to. take All we need is
0: the guys in this dugout. Exactly. And clubhouse, and uh, and
1: on uh, the contrapositive, if you're talking about the Mets, maybe they say, hey, oh wow, you believe in us enough to go get one of the best pitchers in baseball this year to add to our team because you th- maybe that like, you know maybe that 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 put some ice in people's veins. Yeah, that it's clubhouse sure, it's, culture is really important. If you look it is. At what, if you look at what all the managers in baseball are these days in terms of decision making and 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 they're mostly just puppets for 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 the uh, analytics department what their job is now is to maintain a clubhouse and that's clearly what's valued so much is that you can you know outside of the numbers what you can't control is people's motivation and if you can control that there and that's what you're you're gauging out of this and 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 growing out of this maybe that does give enough to the mets i mean you know maybe maybe the red star kick kicking out of nowhere and and start getting some really big wins i mean granted they gave away a lot lot more than the uh, than the Mets the Mets gave away nothing they give away, away absolutely nothing. a
0: minor leaguer who when he got called to triple-a started sucking a little bit Anthony K so he was crushing double-a he got called to triple-a he was like their big pitching prospect and he he's done nothing since then so you know you're not gonna give up on the guy but the fact that he left the building now isn't that big a deal and
1: Marcus Stroman was in the AL East as one of the worst teams in the AL East with three really good teams ahead of him Oof. and was performing like crazy I mean yeah He's in the he's in the same division as the Yankees, the Rays, and the Red Sox right now, and has an ERA under three. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you know what? if he could do if he could do that against them, I'm sure he can tear up the Phillies, the Braves, and the Nationals. Right. And and the Nationals aren't a good team either. That that like the Mets can totally leapfrog the Nationals. They have a much better uh, team. It's all yeah. about motivation.
0: When you just start naming names and looking at some numbers, you think about the Mets lineup, and it's a really it's a big three at this point. And it's McNeil, it's Conforto, it's Alonso, and then the the secondary slash tertiary guys. Are are just different than they used to be. When you look at a Ramos, you look at a Rosario who has proved that he is an MLB hitter. He's not like spectacular, but he can do something with the but bat he's nowadays. he's Still
1: so young, you he can so, grow. Yeah,
0: and he but he he could also perform now. He's making plays on both sides of the ball. Um, Todd Frazier's actually been sneaky. Todd Frazier this year he has not been terrible. And J D Davis. J D Davis is the type of guy who the Yankees get right. Uh, Geo Urshula and DJ LeMahieu type guys. is obviously a, a class above those guys, but very solid, sneaky pop, do the right thing. When they play and their number gets called, they make plays. J.D. Davis has been this guy off the bench. Now he's getting more time with Dom Smith injury and, and whatnot. But you think about these Mets guys in this lineup, and their, their, their trouble has been scoring runs. This year their trouble has been maintaining leads. But they have the offensive firepower to be in any game, and that's different than what they've had in past seasons. Last year, it was just pathetic trying to watch them win games when Degrom was throwing absolute gems, and they just couldn't get guys across the home plate. And, and so it, it's nice to watch too. a team that can score some runs. But, every but here's on. another
1: thing too, and something you always we always talk about, and you always say is that you know, like the baseball equivalent of tanking is selling at the deadline. I I think that's fair, right? Absolutely.
0: Every team goes in saying, you know, we'll see where we are.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, but you know instead of uh, you you don't believe necessarily always in tanking and basketball because you want to see growth you want to see the team get better and you know tanking is great if you hit on a, but it's a, at the end of the day it's a lottery for reasons it's called a lottery right um, absolutely so so t- uh, selling at the deadline is like that you want to see growth for these players you want the mets to be better this year than they were the year before and if they're better this year then that get, allows them to have this mindset that they could be better next year
0: especially when the draft in baseball is not like the draft in the nfl and the nba it's a crapshoot it is like there's so much variation now granted there are way more first round picks who turn out than 15 20 30 round picks who you know it's just that's simple but it is still so unproven and it is so difficult to get from the minor leagues to the upper minor leagues to the majors it's still so freaking challenging like for the Mets to go on a run and get a wild card what does that do for their expectations going into next season? That, how much does that change how they uh, handle this offseason? That I'll, makes the world of I'll difference. Show you,
1: I'll show you the difference because the Yankees in 2016, when they sold off all of their assets and brought up the players, the, the next year that nobody expected anything out of them. And then they went one oh, game.
0: And they were so fun that and, year. And
1: they went one game away from going to the World Series. And you know what happened the next year? They were World Series favorites. Right. So the image changes really quickly once you start winning. And you're not going to start winning until you start winning, if that makes any sense. You it does. I
0: mean? I mean, it's it's super like simple, but it makes. So much sense because in order to get W's, you need to put guys out there who are going to make plays and you don't do that by trading them away.
1: Exactly. You you want to if you if you go into the year every year and, and and you know as soon as you know your contract's ending at the end of the year, you know you're just going to be going go get going to get traded to some other contender, and you have no actual you know drive to perform to the team. It's just going to bring down the clubhouse. And, and then these guys w- didn't want to leave. Exactly. Noah Syndergaard well, didn't want to leave. Uh, I don't know about Noah. His well, antics were. Now he did. Well, he was being a baby a little he, bit. He is. I mean, I've always said to Noah Syndergaard, I think he's such a, he's such a little. But baby. he
0: was acting out because he didn't want to leave.
1: Did he though? I mean, I don't know. I think so. It seemed like he's like either he was either you know crap or get off the pot with him.
0: Well, he was like, are you trading me? Then freaking trade me! Don't just keep throwing. He's That's like what my I'm name. Saying. My yeah. name's been in rumors for weeks now.
1: But you know, at the same time, like, why did the Mets control the Mets? Don't control the rumors. Did they trade him? No. Yeah, so they, though? I don't know. Do they? I don't know. A lot of it's mind. a, a <laughs> lot. A lot of it is the media. I, a lot of it is yeah. the media just going it's for true. a story. And it's true. Yeah.
0: Well, let's do a quick little uh, fire round about some various baseball things. I'm just going to throw some stuff at you, and uh, I sure. want to see what you said. But first, the Sports Blog New York podcast. Hopefully you guys have been enjoying this. Me and Alec have been talking about baseball for about 40 minutes now or so. Who knows how long it's been. Um, My favorite, I can talk baseball. About. Absolutely. It's a good time to talk baseball. Uh, we're coming through that stretch where, you know, let's actually throw a quick throwback here on the Sports Blog New York podcast with Pete Kennedy and Alec Argento. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> Before the season started... As a Mets fan, who I like to think of myself as a rational Mets fan, I don't try to get too high on stuff. I was very pleased with a few decisions. I was super happy they brought up Pete Alonso before the season started, which can you imagine they didn't? Like, I mean, look at this. You yeah, know? right. Uh, but I was, I was like, we, we got to be playing meaningful baseball in August. Some meaningful baseball in September. It really means a lot. I think they're gonna. I don't think they're a, a shoe in for the playoffs. I think they're a 500 with a little bit of upside, and they're starting to look like that team now. So looking back to those preseason expectations, which is a crapshoot if you want to do it, it's a mixed bag. You know, you can find positives, you can find negatives in it. But in this case, they are becoming a team that's going to play meaningful baseball in August, and September. And you hear that phrase, you hear that phrase all the time. But it really, really does matter for loads of players to play in high pressure situations. But let's throw some stuff around about the major league baseball season. Yelly versus Belly has become. A sort of topic, right? With the MVP race, their insane statistics, their home run count just creeping up and up and up. Is there a guy who you know stands out to you as the best player in the NL? If if it's one of those two,
1: uh, yeah, it's Bellinger. It's you Bellinger. Yeah, you have to. Uh, I, I'm I'm an old head when it comes to things like this. Like an MVP shouldn't be part of a team that's not on a playoff contender, uh, and like a legitimate playoff contender. If you look at you look at what he does for that lineup. What Bellinger does for that lineup. Um, and he just opens everything up and and they're just winning baseball games like crazy with that.
0: Right. So you go Bellinger. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in the AL there obviously is Mike Trout. Is there anyone even close to just pushing the limit on who is the best player in the American League?
1: I mean it depends on how you define it, right? Position player. But like that so so I, I I wanna make this clear okay that I think Mike Trout in terms of what he's done on the field this year, is the best player in baseball. But again, it's uh, you have. To, in my opinion, you have to be on a, on a playoff contender. Fair enough. If you're contributing to a winning situation, it boosts you up a little bit. Exactly. So, like you, the, if you take something like that, I, I I know it might sound crazy, but like DJ Mayhew has been unreal this year. He's been unreal this year. He's batting three thirty-three or something like that at this point in the season as a leadoff hitter. He has 70 RBIs or whatever the case is. He's been unreal and he has changed the dynamic of the Yankees offense to allow people to still to to, to not just be home run or bust and, and you know bringing him in and changing that and allowing to other people to learn from him and and just his batting average with people in runners and score with runners in scoring position has been unreal this year he's batting like 480 with runners in scoring position and it just creeps up with more people in, on base right <laughs> Um it, and the Yankees have the best record. In, I don't know if it's still the best record in baseball. but If not, it's like tied
0: for the Dodgers and, but, and Astros. This yeah, time.
1: and, you know, you, this was this is a better team than it was last year, and there's a very clear reason for me in that respect. I mean, he hasn't only and been— And he plays gold-glove defense, too. He play, yeah. And not only does he play gold-glove defense, he plays gold-glove defense at second, at uh, short, and now he's learning first base, and he's pretty good at first base, too.
0: Yeah, the guy <laughs> is just a gem. I mean— He's not just a model of consistency because that would be selling him so short, but he has become such a mainstay in this lineup, but on top of that, has been a juggernaut. Like he's not just a guy who is that he's consistent. He's not Gio
1: Rochelle. Like Gio Rochelle is the guy who's just a consistent guy who's like right. batting three oh two. But Couple he'll like, pop, two or three blah, home blah, blah. runs. Yeah, yeah.
0: Now DJ Mayhew has been absolutely outrageously good. At, unbelievable. I mean, is there anyone else in the AL who like would really come close? Is he is he getting MVP talk for AL MVP?
1: I mean, Trout's gonna get it. I, I, the, I, I, I mean, Trout is just, he is just crazy. I <laughs> he's mean, so he's the only one I can. Th- Bregman has been so good.
0: Bregman's is Bregman's
1: awesome. Um, I mean, that
0: whole Astros team right now, with, not, really with not the whole Astros team, but that's the the, their core, their core. So
1: that's the thing, like, like, before this, I said, okay, the Yankees are better than the Astros because they're, a lot of their players weren't good this year. Jose Altuve has had a really bad year. Um, Carlos Correa has been hurt the majority of the season. Um, there's opportunity, and even like George Springer, who's been fantastic, but has had a lot of injury concerns this year. There was a lot of room for, for growth there, but that's why getting that that top of the line rotation that we the we're just not gonna be able to hit is, is so deadly
0: yeah i mean yeah you, you add in michael brantley into the conversation yeah i i would, I would and, put michael brantley in there, and guriel has been awesome too like they
1: no guriel is like the weirdest thing he's just been hitting like 800 in like the past four weeks um but he's not he, he was not having that good of a season until yeah, I mean, there's some power numbers yeah I mean, recently I mean, if uh, you i don't know he's been like on a tear really? he's sitting inside the park who's on this runs. guy
0: um Jordan alvarez
1: Alvarez, uh, he hit
0: some bombs, huh?
1: Yeah. Okay, good talk. Dingers.
0: <laughs>
1: Instagram shows me those. Pete laughed, but he pulled his head away, so I don't think the audience <laughs> could hear him laughing. At it might have just been a little
0: faint. It's just like that. I it's okay. I can hear you at all. You know, inside radio. <laughs> uh, best pitcher in baseball for you this year?
1: Huh. Putting you on the spot. Probably Verlander. Okay. Verlander's been real good. Who's who's the, who's the, the leader in the NL right now? It's escaping me. I'm more of a... AL guy.
0: Yeah. You're the DH type of guy. I'm a DH guy. Oh, God. Don't get me started on that whole thing. (laughs) Um, I am thinking about that. Uh, I'm not sure. We'll we'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk about it. Uh, So, right now, there are, I'm going to say, I'm going to say three teams who have sincere, realistic, overwhelming, I have no more words. Those are all my words. Overwhelming chance. To win the World Series, yeah, it's the Dodgers, Yankees, Dodgers and the Astros. At Dodge, at Astros and Yankees. Is there any other team that in the playoffs you're scared that they make a run?
1: No, I mean the Twins aren't going to win anything, right? That's the AL. Um, Red Sox or the Rays or whoever wins those two wild card spots, I'm not really worried about them. Uh, You might say I should be as a Yankee fan because we have been getting destroyed by the Red Sox recently, but overall this season we've just had the Red Sox number. They're just not a good team. The NL, I'm not worried about anybody who comes out of the Central. I'm not worried about anybody who comes out of the East. I'm definitely not worried about anybody who comes out of that wildcard game. Dodgers are good. I'm not saying they're not, but they're not good enough to win a world series. They just, they, they I will never be afraid of the Dodgers in the playoffs. So Until, they, well, I mean,
0: they got to the world series two and, in a row now and, and they have won. Not done nothing. Yeah. So did the Braves. Yeah. Nobody
1: remembers the Braves in the nineties. Everyone remembers the Yankees. It's true. It's Nobody true. Nobody remembers the Buffalo uh, Bills. By the way,
0: Steven Strasburg has been off the charts this year. Oh, he's on my fantasy team. Yeah. He's been, he's been really, really good. And
1: there's uh, the Dodgers guy
0: has like a um, young, Jin Ryu, yeah, Ryu has, has been, been really good. good. Um, A team that I do find pretty interesting is the Cubs. and Best
1: second-half team in baseball every year.
0: There is some sort of ebb and flow type deal that I think about when it comes to baseball. I think it's similar in football. I think the only sport it's not particularly true in is basketball. Um, When you win a World Series, when you make it to a World Series, repeating it for that grind of a season is so challenging. Like How many Super Bowl losers have not made the playoffs the next year, uh, like a bunch, right? When a team like the Cubs has this absolute run, wins a World Series, has all these players back, you know they're now household names, they're all-stars, they're expected to do great things, and they've kind of just been, been pretty good since then, right? Like they made a couple of playoffs, no real crazy runs, but now they're, they're a couple of years removed from that. The face of their franchise is really more Javi Baez now. More so... Mago. Yeah, Elmago more than it was, more than maybe Chris, Chris Bryan, Bryan and Anthony Rizzo, Rizzo, even though they're still obviously really good. I find the Cubs is intriguing based off that they're now separated from that World Series run. Their energy is back up. They have a new face of the franchise. They have a newfound spirit. I find when I when I watch them play every once in a while, which isn't isn't quite often, if we're gonna be honest. But they're a team that I look at and say, if they turn it up. And really become a true contender come playoff time. I, I could see that. I could see that being a thing.
1: I don't think so because I don't think Joe Madden is good with an older team. I think where he's always had success in his career has been with younger teams, whether it was with the Rays or with the Cubs or whatever. Um, he's really good at lighting a fire under under the butts of the young players, but as they get older, you know, I, I think that his kitschiness, you know, his you know, fun with the media and all the things that he does, I think it becomes tiresome. Um, And I I think that he's, it's hard to say because Joe Madden's a great manager. There's no doubt about it, but is he a great manager for that team right now? I don't think so. I think okay. you need someone even Fair. if you get like like I'm not saying the, the his name but like, uh, just just to, for him but like someone like a Buckshow Walter type, right? right. That, he's like the anti Joe Madden. He's just the opposite of Joe Madden where although he's he's fiery, he'll he'll get in people's faces and he he's old school baseball and that's the type of player, you know, the type of manager you need for an older team. So I'm not afraid of the Cubs. Uh, yeah. I think they're they have all the talent in the world, but they're just not managed Appropriately,
0: got it. Well, that, that's good stuff. Um, all right, this has been baseball talk. Pete Kennedy, Al Argento. You got I anything else? Anything else you want to throw out there?
1: No, I, I, I spoke a lot in this one. Any <laughs>
0: any Spaghettis you want to throw? They stick to the wall or not? Maybe just any, uh, any any hot takes for the end of the season for your Yankees or for your for my Mets.
1: No hot takes. I just want I want. What
0: about Aaron Judge? I didn't ask you about him. How's he looking lately? He's looking healthy.
1: So, I, I've been I've been listening to a lot of podcasts and reading a lot about Aaron Judge because, like at this point, I'm hoping that Aaron Judge. Takes puts the team on his back because the Yankees have. I I know it's hard for someone who doesn't watch all the time, but the Yankees haven't been performing very well. And we need, especially with Luke Void out, um, someone to really just put who has also
0: been struggling. Lately, ish. He's yeah. he's been on a little downturn. I mean, he's
1: been he's been really good all year. Honestly, he's batting two seventy four with like a, a four hundred on base percentage and a bunch of dingers. That's all you want.
0: Yeah, but I'm saying like his production's gone down a bit.
1: Like not really. Like that's you don't the, think? no, not really. I have my
0: fantasy team. It felt like he's been going down. A Maybe bit. a week or two. <laughs> um
1: Yeah, but like you, you, and Gary being down. Yes, he'll Oof. probably be next back next week or so. But you, you judge need, needs to say, "I'm here." Yeah, I'm back. he needs to do. Kind I'm back, of, baby. He he needs to kind of do what Stanton did last year at like when Judge went Just down. Just be consistent. Just like hit a, hit a bunch of homer run- and like be
0: there every day was, and put I, the ball over the fence. I
1: forgot where I was listening to it, but um, he hasn't. They, they were they were saying it on the broadcast the other day. He hasn't had a home run, I think, to left field all year. So he hasn't pulled the ball at all. My what? And yeah, it's crazy. That was different
0: than ooh by the way.
1: Ooh-oh. That was what? What? <laughs> which, which is crazy because like we're used to Aaron Judge just hitting it into the the bleachers. Which... Remember
0: what we used to call it when he, his first year up when we uh, monster dong monster dong monster dong by Aaron. Judge. Not a lot of monster dongs at a Judge yet. I so used far. to
1: text Pete when Aaron Judge's first season because I was really big on him when he was in the minors. Every every time he we would hit a home run, I would just text Pete another monster dong from, from
0: monster <laughs> dong alert. <laughs> Which, the, more, the more you say it the more inappropriate it sounds. Um but but somebody was haven't saying, seen Aaron Judge's monster dong in a while.
1: <laughs> I mean that was just very obvious and very thinly veiled. Blatant. Uh, <laughs> when
0: you're an hour into the podcast you can get weird. It's okay. Uh,
1: <laughs> but but uh, one thing about him though is like is uh, uh, somebody I forget where I heard it but somebody was saying that maybe because of that oblique injury he can't fully rotate his body to pull the Ooh. ball. So Ooh. that might be it. Cuz cuz like an oblique injury, he could heal enough to play, but you'll never be fully done with an oblique injury in the season. Like, that's, that's a yeah. next-year thing.
0: Right, right, right. Unless so. you did steroids, which, unfortunately, people don't do anymore. If Aaron Judge did steroids, shame. he would pop. He would just
1: pop. He's just a gigantic human being. He it's can't just, get any bigger. It's a shame.
0: It's really a shame. I'm just kidding, guys, by the way. Uh, the NL should have a DH. It's stupid and grow up. Also, <laughs> if you can't get over fences to the foul pole, also grow up. That's all I have to say. <laughs>
1: Nobody cares about that stuff. People think yeah, they we, care.
0: People want to care.
1: <laughs> no, there's people who freaking care, man. Well, it, there's are, people Those are people flashing who their money they sit by the nets all the time. There are
0: people who care. You know, it's not the same watching a game for, with the net in front of you. What if I, my kid's not going to get a foul? You don't have kids yet, son. <laughs> you're 24. You're fiery. I get it. Shut your mouth and go watch a game and eat a hot dog. <laughs> and now while you're eating your hot dog, you don't have to worry about getting smacked in the face by 96 plus <laughs> on the forehead. That's all
1: I got. Going to the game on Saturday night, doubleheader. Game two of the doubleheader. Hoping I don't get a bullpen
0: game. You know what I? Much. You know what I also uh, can bet on about those two games you're going to? You won't get a foul ball. You know why? Because it's really hard to get a foul ball. I and am the Nets...
1: really, I'm in really good foul ball territory. First row on the second deck on the le- on, on on the first. And I up, bet you don't get one. <laughs> and to all the I've people, I got one. I go oh, to a
0: lot of games. All the people, it, it changes your life when you get a foul ball. Shut up. You know how hard it is to get a follow. People, people know my, one
1: conversation with you know how many conversations you
0: know I hope he's listening. I'm praying he's <laughs> listening. This is very personal.
1: You even told me about it before this podcast. To all, to all, I've been
0: waiting this whole time to get to this point. <laughs> to all the people who say it changes your life when you get a foul ball and you're a little kid and it makes you love it, think about how many people haven't gotten a foul ball and love baseball. Think about how many people have never gotten an autograph and still love baseball. Yo. It's fine. You're going to be fine. You know, people who probably get more autographs than not? People who don't give a crap and their parents drag them to the front row. That's what happens. Boom. I'm out. <laughs>
1: So, Nick
0: close talk? the close the podcast now. Giants talk. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll close the podcast. <laughs> you want to do it?
1: Do what? Close the podcast. We, we done? Yeah. Uh, I'm Alec Argento. and I'm Pete Kennedy. This is Sports Blog New York podcast. I'm out. <laughs>